there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. I'm Executive Director James Ellen, coming to you live on tape from the palatial Renew Missouri studios in beautiful Northern Columbia. But we have some very special guests. Well, I don't know if they're guests. Uh, they are... Um, we have frequent Renew gurus, Andrew Linares, uh, out of St. Louis. Andrew, good morning and good afternoon. Morning, thanks. It's good to see everybody's face. This is a, a little change to our usual podcast format. That's right, like because, it. yeah, we also have Philip Frasica in Kansas City. Hey, how's it going? Oh, great. And he's running the boards and making her Renew Guru's debut, Tori Cheaton. From our St. Louis office. Tori? Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, <laughs> aren't we all happy to be here, right? <laughs> yeah, so Tori, um, I, you know, I don't know if with all the, with everything else going on, I don't know if we've made a real point to note that she has been uh, in our St. Louis office since April of 2020. We have adding staff during all of this uh, pandemic wackiness. Uh, Tori was working with us last summer, uh, kind of doing some of her graduate research work with Renew Missouri. Uh, we were hosting her and her and her work there, and we liked her so much that we brought her on full time. Uh, and if you've done anything with our work on health and energy, or with uh, our soul, uh, our Renew St. Louis Solar Program, you've almost certainly uh, had to deal with uh, Tori, and we're ha happy to have her. It's been six months since you started. <laughs> No, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been great. <laughs> could be, could have been six months, could have been six minutes, could have been six years. Who knows? That's the kind of world we're living in. Exactly. Um, so uh, we wanted to have this podcast today. Uh, we were we were mulling over a couple of different topics, but yesterday we were going to um, do a big Facebook Live thing for um, Energy Efficiency Day. And folks, I know you took the day off. You might have scheduled a picnic. You might have done all sorts of things to be ready for that big holiday. Uh, but seriously, I, I didn't get as much of a laugh as I would have thought. Um, we had it. Uh, we were going to do a Facebook Live. We had some technical difficulties. So we decided to take that format we were going to use of kind of bringing our, our various offices together to, to sort of talk about energy efficiency around the state and talk about what improvements and in progress we have made uh, during this period on that particular topic, because it is something that um, energy wonks and weirdos were, were um, excited about all week. And one of the things that I really want to touch on, in addition to looking at some of the progress we've made on certain topics, uh, is a report that came out from the ACEEE, which is the American Council on Energy Efficiency Economies. Is that right? Something like that. I think I've got most of those letters right. Uh, they, did a, they did a scorecard on cities and how they're doing with energy efficiency. Now, they used to do one on states. I don't think they're going to do that this year. Um, but they looked at 100 different cities and how they're doing on energy efficiency efforts. And, you know, while we're excited that Kansas City is still in the top 25, and Philip will talk about that a little more in a minute, the big news was the city of St. Louis was named, along with St. Paul, as the most improved. I think it went up eight, uh, eight, uh, eight rankings, uh, and now it's at 28. So that was like a big thing of note with this report. And, you know, and what they talked about was something that Andrew has really been working on. So I kind of wanted to talk to Andrew about 
um, what efforts the city of St. Louis has been doing to, to make energy efficiency important and uh, kind of tell people about what it is that has helped St. Louis make all that progress. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we got a bunch of things to celebrate here in, in St. Louis this year. Um, you know, we've, we've been, we've had this office here for, uh, I think this, we're into our third year now, maybe. Three years. And, you know, in addition to uh, hiring Tory full-time, uh, you know, we've been involved uh, with various stakeholder groups um, and looking at what policies we can adopt as a city to achieve this 100% clean energy goal that the city has set for itself. Right. And, you know, one of the things was adopting this uh, solar solar ready uh, ordinance for all uh, buildings. And so that, that's a, that's an exciting thing that is tangential to energy efficiency. But of course, the thing that you're alluding to, James, yeah. um, is this building energy performance standard, which is very exciting. St. Louis is the first uh, city in the Midwest to adopt this policy. I think the fourth overall in the country. Uh, and this, this is the number one thing that, that helped us achieve that ranking on the uh, ACEEE uh, clean cities scorecard and uh, essentially what a building energy performance standard is is it it sets a energy use intensity uh, standard you know uh, that's charted out over a couple of years for all buildings over a certain size so in st louis that's a fifty thousand square foot building and they're already required to benchmark their usage uh, kansas city has that benchmarking program as well it's very very useful standard to just get building owners to start seeing how much energy they're using, and hopefully that that drives them to uh, consider energy efficiency investments that can help them save a bunch of money and improve the value of their buildings. So now, now this standard comes in on top of that data and says, okay, by 2025, you're going to have to hit buildings with these characteristics or these uses will have to hit a certain standard, and the standard improves over um, a number of years. And it's, it's going to be a very flexible standard. There's going to be a ton of uh, incentives and assistance and guidance for buildings that might be uh, like challenged the most by this standard. So for example, like affordable housing, there's going to be, they have a longer glide path of compliance. They have uh, additional uh, uh, guidance and assistance for them made available and flexibility and things like that. So it's really not that, uh, it's, it's not that severe of a stick. There's a lot of carrots involved here as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, the beauty of energy efficiency is when it's pursued cost, cost effectively and when it's implemented, it's, it's making everybody money. Right. So, uh, you know, that, that make, helps make these things uh, not have the uh, character of being too, you know, uh, too stringent or too stifling for building right. owners. So. Uh, yeah, we're really excited by this policy. Uh, it is adopted and signed by Mayor Lida Krusen in May of 2020. Mm-hmm. And by May of next year, the Energy Improvement Board that has just begun, begun to meet will develop that standard, whatever the standard okay. is going to be. And that board is full of folks from, you know, u- utilities are represented, building developers, building owners, affordable housing uh, it has a seat at the table, the public housing authority, uh, banking and financial stakeholders. So it's a broad group of stakeholders that'll look at what the best standard is to put in place. And we can start saving uh, some significant energy in the, uh, in the uh, 
building sector in St. Louis. Of course, buildings are one of the most intense energy use se uh, sectors in the entire economy. So this is really kind of the center of the bullseye for energy efficiency. Now, how long, I mean, because I think, you know, we always come out with these big announcements and we talk about these big, uh, you know, policies that change at the local and state level as though they just kind of happen. But how long has this been? This is, we've been, you've been, you and a lot of people have been working on this for a while, have you not? Yeah, I mean, the, the same group that was uh, working on the, the benchmarking effort has been meeting about this for over two years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, New York and uh, DC uh, both have these policies in place. So we uh -huh. were able to adapt from, uh, you know, our policy off of theirs and figure out what worked and what didn't. And yeah, yeah, this is this has been in the works for a bit. Um, I think Kansas City now is is uh, taking a serious look at this policy. Oh. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's and and so yeah. So and you say that there's going to be uh, committees that are set up to look at this. And I mean, when when do you expect that this is going to be like in? I mean, this has been signed. This ball has started rolling. When do we think this is going to start being put into action? Yeah. So May of next year, we should have a standard. Yeah, May of 2021, uh, the standard will be established. And the first compliance year will likely be in 2025. So it's, okay. It's, okay. it's not immediate, um, but it, you know, we're really hoping that the standard won't, won't be negligible. It'll really uh, yeah. induce action on the part of, you know, the, the least efficient buildings. So uh, that's sort of the path. And then for affordable housing, I think they'll have till 2027 if they need the uh, extra see. flexibility. And now, Tori, you, I don't want to mean to throw you a curveball, but you're doing a little bit of research on trying to find resources to help people comply with this and get ready for this when it comes into effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've been uh, doing some research on uh, certain uh, incentives, programs, loan programs, federal, state, utility, um, just gathering what is available to uh, customers or to building owners that you know need financial assistance or just in general need to uh, up, uh, update their uh, you know energy efficiency in their building. So uh, it's ongoing, but uh, getting getting that stuff together. And I did have a question for Andrew. Um, I was wondering, you know, what are the what are they doing to like enforce the standards? Are there, are there certain you know fines that will be? Do you know that they're applied? Good question. Yeah. Great question. Um, so that it, it will, there will be different standards for different building types, right? So I'm just looking at the, the uh, stlbenchmarking.com uh, where you can go and read about this building energy performance standard. And before we even get to penalties or anything like that, there's going to be a portal for building owners to go to to get help. So they can get energy efficiency assistance um, from Spire and Ameren, you know. They can go to the USGBC, Missouri Gateway Chapter, the uh, United States Green Building Council, um, who has assistance with benchmarking and uh, training programs for building operators. So there'll be all, this whole uh, pile of resources for building owners to comply. And that, that really should be enough because if you, you know, energy efficiency programs through the utility uh do they, they do a great job we're, we're very engaged with those programs um sometimes the incentives might not be enough if you're if you don't have capital and in that case you kind of fall into this uh camp of low-income uh building operator so like a 
affordable housing or something, they, they might not have the capital right away. They might need to wait till refinancing their building until they can do it. But the good news is we have this long enough glide path of compliance that it should be doable. And I'm sure that the Energy Improvement Board will develop uh, enforcement mechanisms, including penalties, if you don't comply. But the idea here is that it's really not going to be that challenging to comply. Energy efficiency creates value, right? Mm -hmm. It creates savings. So there isn't really any reason besides stubbornness, maybe, or intransigence to uh, to pursue efficiency in these buildings. What so. was that last word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm using big words. I was going to say, did I? Did you buy like one of those like book like word a day books, and you're just. Uh... We'll, we'll explain I'm trying that. to work it. Yeah. Intransigence is the word of the day, folks. Yeah. I mean, of course I know what it is, but maybe you all don't. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? What's that? What, what is that? It just yeah. means stubborn or not willing to move, you know? Okay. Um, that, that's all I'm trying to say is I, I really don't think there should be much need for penalties here. It should be a win-win for everybody to save money uh, and get paid from the utility for doing so. Yeah. So. See, you didn't think you were going to learn anything tuning into this podcast, folks. Uh, Andrew, that's great. Um, so you kind of mentioned Kansas City's looking at this. Uh, that allows me to pivot a bit to Philip, our Kansas City regional director. Uh, what's I mean? So you know, Kansas City didn't move very much, but Kansas City is higher ranked um, on this uh, list than. St. Louis even. Um, so what, what's going on in Kansas City? How is, how is everything on the city of boulevards over there? So on building energy policy, we could be a lot better. Um, oh there was a, there was a good oh, analysis. Down note, huh? <laughs> well, there was a good analysis from Midwest Energy News comparing St. Louis to Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City started benchmarking earlier, uh, but the St. Louis phase was able to learn from Kansas City and other cities to do it a little oh. bit smoother. So yeah. they've had higher participation in um, building owners getting back and reporting their usage and actually benchmarking. Uh, so the city's trying to pick that up and do better. That's part of why we want a building energy performance standard in Kansas City. And that's something that's being looked at by council this year. Uh, we're also going to be looking at an international energy conservation code, IECC update. Mm -hmm. uh, we currently have the 2015 amended code on the books. Uh, so they're pivoting away from 2018 and just waiting till the 2021 codes come out shortly. And they're gonna be looking at doing that this year. So that'll help the building side. And as for our score, uh, we were saved by transportation. Uh, the KC streetcar being free and expanded and the uh, public bus expansion and free option for ridership has been very helpful because the transportation score went up quite a bit um, mm -hmm. while the building energy policy score went down a little bit because uh, i would note for st louis they were tied for eighth under building energy policy score for 17.5 uh, oh. so if they were higher in some of those other areas like kansas city is st louis would be even higher because they're really a leader in in that category so right. we need to do better in our building energy policy and i hope uh, i can help us do that yeah uh, you were talking about this code, uh, this international code. I mean, kind of, you know, for people who might not be very familiar with that, I mean, is this like some sort of standard that cities use or that other governments use? I mean, what kind of give people one idea of what that is that you're referencing there? So that'll cover building codes for um, commercial buildings as well as residential properties in an area and what you need to have for minimum standards in new buildings. Um, yeah. They're usually 
pretty contentious in terms of what uh, builders want to see and what they don't want to do in terms of compliances and that's going to increase costs. So that's really going to be the fight because I mean, we're going to get something, but it might be amended down. So that's really where we need to be at the table and the stakeholders need to be in the room to make sure that we're not gutting it completely and need to make sure that it's stronger uh, than it otherwise would be. Mm. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, like municipal governments are always going to be challenged. I mean, you've got cities that got competing interests and you've got areas that are got competing uh, concerns and different ways of addressing that. Uh, St. Louis obviously is no, not much that much different than Kansas city, but um, there are still steps that have to be done to keep things moving. Yes. Yeah, good. Okay. I was going to say this <laughs> is not visual. They can't watch you nod. Uh, <laughs> and I think one piece that'll also really help that we're having everywhere is the pay as you save energy efficiency. Program. Oh yes. Pay as you save, which you've all heard us talk about on here. Uh, you know, there's some big news going on with that with Ameren and Evergy. Uh, Liberty Empire there is, but I don't think we can talk about it yet. Uh, Philip, what's going on? Okay, so uh, to remind our fine listeners at home, uh, with Evergy, what, what is, what's going on with that? They were ordered to do a PAYS pilot by uh, the Public Service Commission late last year, correct? Yes. Uh, so they're currently evaluating creating that pilot program. They've been working with Ameren very closely in the development of their program, mm -hmm. which Ameren was not ordered to do and went out and liked it and decided to go after it without being told to do so, which is also yes. fantastic. Uh, so Evergy's developing that. They've hired staff to work on it. I believe they're still looking at getting an implementer for it as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to get more information on that this year when, as we're talking to the company. Uh, but I think that would really help uh, our score and just Kansas Cityans and saving on their energy bill because it really is a great program, not just for low income, but for anybody who uh, wants an easier way to finance some savings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's right. We, and we, you can go back and we've, we've written a lot about pays and we've talked a lot about pays on here. Yeah. Evergy, I know we were just having a conversation before this podcast started about how they're, you know, they're aiming to have this pilot start, you know, late next year, but we want, you know, some other parties that are involved with that case want it to start a little earlier. Ameren, I know you mentioned that, Ameren, uh, you know, we just did an extension of their larger energy efficiency portfolio that just got approved not that long ago, I think in the last month, but, you know, time is, <laughs> feels very relative right now. Uh, but they, but they agreed in that, uh, in that uh, extension that they were going to, you know, not simply do uh, pays as a voluntary pilot program, but it was just going to be a program. And so they're just going to do it which is very exciting. Um, you know, stuff tends to die sometimes by pilot, <laughs> you know, they just, you know, if, especially if they don't want to do it. Some cases. Yeah. Like, you know, so, and you know, uh, I just want to jump in and like, make sure to impress upon people, like what having a pay as you save program means practically for, yeah. for you. I mean, the, the big thing that people object to when they look at energy efficiency is they see, a $3,900, uh, you know, value proposition, like to replace their HVAC, to do, uh, you know, to clean their ventilation, to do a smart thermostat, to put in insulation or whatever. And they kind of just, you look at that number and you go, yeah, I get that it's a good investment for my house. I just, I, 
I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this right now. I don't know if I can come up with the money. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to go get a loan for it or whatever. This yeah. just takes all of that off the table. If if the savings from an energy efficiency, a suite of energy efficiency measures is a good economic decision, that is if it's going to pay itself off relatively quickly and save you money you know, for the life of your house, you can finance it through this program. Mm-hmm. It's the, That's the beauty of it. And you pay it off right on your utility bill and simplifies everything. So we've been looking for this, uh, for Missouri utilities to offer this for years mm-hmm. and now they're doing it. And, uh, you know, it's just really exciting. I, I hope that people, uh, take advantage of this. And more importantly, I hope that people who didn't consider energy efficiency in the past because of how complicated it is can now, uh, yeah. see it as a little simpler. I certainly think it's more accessible. And I, I certainly hope that one of the things our group will be able to do now that we've gotten this, um, you know, this, you know, this, um, uh, moving with some of the utilities is make sure people are aware of it, help with the education, help with the outreach, make sure people know it's a legitimate um, program that's designed to do a lot of good. It's designed to make this something that's available to people that might not have otherwise gotten it. So we'll be doing that once all this kind of gets launched. So it won't just be a saying like, this is a good policy and people should do it. We want to see this be successful and help people experience the, uh, the various uh, benefits of energy efficiency, which Tori leads us to you. And, um, you know, we, we had, we're kind of doing a roll of this this week, but I mean, a lot of people who are, you know, following us on social media, who have <clears throat> followed uh, some of the work we've been doing, we've been doing a lot of work with making the connection between energy efficiency and your health. Um, you want to kind of go through a little bit about what we've been doing on, on that, on that, on that program and on those projects. Yeah. So, um, so, Part of our uh, public health and energy efficiency campaign, uh, we've been doing it for how many months? Um, uh, yeah, I think we officially started doing this back in November before you came on, and uh, but we we have we've started doing like our webinars and that thing since May, since like right after you you got started officially. Okay, yeah. So since I've been working here, we've been doing um, a bunch of webinars, uh, having uh, various people speak on them, uh, experts in. Uh, that, that area to speak to um, energy efficiency and public health. And um, so, and then also part of our uh, campaign has involved uh, producing three public uh, PSA uh, videos, and we're really excited to uh, debut them. Um, they're yeah. really hard on them. And so uh, they're kind of just talking about uh, energy efficiency and the relationship between public health and um, also talking about um, different uh, programs available to uh, residents to take advantage of uh, energy efficiency measures. Yeah, um, you know, you know I, I think if you have been following our emails and you've been one of the people that have gotten to be on one of our webinars, you've heard folks like our city defenders and Consumer Council of Missouri, as well as uh, people from the utilities uh, like Bill Davis and Teresa English from Evergy. Um, they have been on there to talk about uh, their programs and about how those can be beneficial to people, especially during this time when, um, you know, doing an energy audit in your house is a little problematic just because it's, um, you know, we want to be safe and we want to make sure that people aren't bringing in, uh, you know, little microbes and germs and that sort of thing in your house. And so that's a challenge for energy efficiency right now, but there are ways to do it. Um, and it's, it's more important now because we are indoors more. 
and you know trying to talk about why energy efficiency leads to better health outcomes is um, something people should be thinking about and these videos that we've done they're a couple minutes a piece uh they're animated so they're um so we're trying to roll these out because look i mean we produce them we spent some time and money on them and we want to make sure people are seeing this we you know we think this these offer some value uh to the public uh, we're going to be trying to, uh, you know, get some some free media hits on this, but we're also going to be trying to do some paid advertising for these to display these at uh, various websites in St. Louis, Kansas City, Springfield. Um, so we need, uh, you know, folks, we're going to have a year-end appeal coming out soon, so we could use some money to help with that. Um, so, you know, just go to renewmo.org and leave us a donation. Um, so, yeah, there's all of that. And, you know, right now we're, we're trying to find out what, you know, what we can evolve that campaign into something else. I know there's other areas where health um, intersects with the work we do here. Uh, and so, you know, stay tuned for that. But this is like the big thing we're doing. We're going to be doing these PSAs. So share them with your friends and family and social media platforms because we want to really see those get uh, a lot of coverage. Yeah, and, and this, yeah. This, this health and energy issue that we're talking about, um, which I, I guess all the videos uh, sort of focus on that uh, to some extent, but mm -hmm. it's really fascinating when you start to look at the links between energy and health. I mean, it, the, the, the two are a lot more related than you would think. You know, the, I think the two leading causes of people getting kicked out of their homes of, of eviction are right. high utility bills and healthcare costs. Um, I mean, those are those are two major driving factors in the finances of uh, yeah the average family, let alone low-income families and, and renters and affordable housing and stuff. And yeah, I mean, these these two issues are just so tied up, and particularly right now when and we have both an economic crisis and a health crisis out there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's real there's real relevance here. So you know, energy efficiency can be these sort of fulcrum or the, the you know the, the focusing point uh, to deal with both health and finances for, for families and so encourage you to check these videos out yeah and check out the word fulcrum as well <laughs> i'm just rapid can't keep up with your vocabulary andrew uh no 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 that's absolutely right we do want people to look at these they're on our website they're on oh yes and <laughs> i'm still running mo power for health that's m-o-p-o-w-e-r the let, uh, number four letter four number four h-e-a-l-t-h -E on twitter uh i know we've let that go dormant for a little bit just because it has been a it's been a hectic couple of months around here but uh we are trying to relaunch that with these videos um uh, so we want those to be something that you watch and you share uh and to uh make sure that people understand uh how these two topics interact so it's exciting we're excited. <laughs> um, so I, I know we're kind of trying to uh, wrap up here a little bit. Uh, I know, gosh, I feel like I, I almost feel like I have a full staff meeting here. We could talk about all these other things we're doing right now. Um, but I know Andrew, Tori, Philip, you're all really involved. Speaking of our current health crisis with some of the utility issues involving COVID, uh, we are, I mean, especially Andrew, the work you're doing with the National Housing Trust and trying to um, 
Well, hold some accountability for the utility companies to, you know, do some uh, protections for their customers right now, because they're trying to seek protections for some of their work and some of their lost business costs that went along with this. And so there's a lot going on with that public service commission, isn't there? Yeah, indeed. You know, and, you know, utilities have been, I, for the most part, the big utilities, Ameren, uh, Evergy, they've been good partners on energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our, the law that we have in place in Missouri allows them to turn a profit uh, and invest in energy efficiency like they would in a power plant or whatever. And we think that's great uh, for incentives to be aligned like that. But right now, the, the crisis that's on everybody's, it's front of mind for everyone is COVID, obviously. Uh, and, you know, it is leading to evictions. It's leading to dis utility disconnections. And once you're disconnected, it's awfully hard to stay in your, in your unit yeah. or to get reconnected if you can't right. afford it. So, um, you know, utilities right now uh, are coming in one by one to the Public Service Commission and proposing uh, to recover all these costs associated with, um, you, you know, COVID, all the the extra things they've had to do because of COVID. And we think it's totally appropriate along with some of our, you know, allies at energy efficiency for all like the national housing trust. Right. We think it's appropriate in those cases to insist that utilities are looking out for people who are in mounting utility debt because of this historic unemployment um, because right. Missourians actually have quite high utility bills compared to the rest of the Midwest, the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. You'd think right. it's cheaper, but it's not, we actually have very high utility bills. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, so we think it's appropriate in these, in these COVID related cases to ask that utilities commit money to bill assistance and to relieve some of the debt so that they can actually keep their customers connected at, at, you know, at this extremely important time. So yeah. we're doing a lot of work around that right now. Yeah, and I, I think it's always, you know, it's important because I know, you know, every once in a while you get a question like, well, is this really within your mission to do this kind of consumer protection work? And I think the absolutely part of the, what we're doing at Renew Missouri is not only just trying to promote renewable energy and efficiency, but also access to that. And and access yeah. is like really the, the critical thing right now that um, we really have to make sure, you know, people are not seeing their lives upended as a result of this situation and as a disconnect from disconnections of their utility services as a result so yes and you know and equity as well i mean we do not believe that renewable energy and extremely efficient housing should be the domain of wealthy people of means it, it, right. it needs to reach deep into the economy to everybody ex yeah. especially low-income people who tend to live in the least efficient housing right so yeah um, bill assistance and, and, all, and all of those uh, low income and affordable housing issues are all related to clean energy. You know, in, in addition, in these cases, we're pushing the utilities to use their whole efficiency budgets, right? They have these right. big budgets and, some, and because of COVID, they're not able to go into housing uh, and do evaluations and things like they normally would. So we're really interested in repurposing those budgets and making sure they get fully spent. And, um, it's the same with weatherization. Utilities uh, contribute to these weatherization programs. That's kind of a separate stream of energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that none of that money goes unspent. So yeah, it's all inter interrelated issues. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that's, a, and that has just been, that has really been a dominating uh, topic for us, especially with our legal team uh, the past couple of months. So 
keep up the good work, as they say. Uh, Philip, anything you wanna you wanna push that people yes. should be doing right now? Yeah, our rural electric cooperative survey that we have. On oh, our website. good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> we did a podcast about it. We've been emailed about it a few times. Please, if you're a rural electric cooperative member owner, sh- share it, fill it out if you haven't done so. We have some Amazon gift cards available to folks. Five. Yeah, we're at 83 responses, but we really like to get to at least 100. So please, please fill it out. And as we've been talking about energy efficiency all day, our cooperatives are severely lacking in energy efficiency. Mm -hmm. And they also have free money available from the government to create these programs. So if you fill it out, we can say, hey, people want efficiency. Let's do it. So again, please do the survey. Thank you. Free money. You're like the Matthew Lesko of um, energy efficiency. People know who that is? Uh, I think it's so. the guy. It's okay. I'm sorry. This is okay. It's the guy. He used to have a, he used to have ads. He had a book about like trying to find free money like from the government, and like he had uh-huh. like like question marks. Like he had this like these bright green question mark, just like the Joker, his, right? Yeah, or the uh, the Riddler. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Um, I forgot this, I had that memory. Uh, yeah, Philip, when he said something about getting free money, it just made me think of those ads and just how wonder. <laughs> I wonder if that guy's still around. Hmm. We'll have to, we'll have to uh, devote another podcast to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tori, uh, before before we get done, anything on Renew St. Louis, uh, uh, Renew uh, St. Louis Solar that you can uh, pitch? Um. Let's see. I would say that we are still in the process of um, uh, getting business owners interested. Our building owners interested in the in the program. So. Uh, you know, if you're a building owner, and uh, please uh, give us, uh, shoot us a call or an email, and we are, will be happy to talk to you about Reno's TL Solar. Where should they get that contact information, Tori? Um, you can uh, reach me at Tori at Renewmo.org or Andrew at Renewmo.org, or we do have a website, RenewSTLSolar.org, that you can uh, that you can look at our program and see all the exciting details. That's right. Yeah. So folks go to the website, give uh, Tori or Andrew um, a line and um, yeah, see what you can do about solar, see what you can do about energy efficiency and see about what you can do about getting the chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card for filling out our rural electric cooperative survey. I think we, uh, I, it seems like we're asking a lot of our listeners, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I promise all of this is very easy and um, this is all being done for the benefit of the public. So uh, we're excited that um, we can share all of this. We're excited that energy efficiency kind of took a spotlight this week so we could talk about the amazing work that's being done in Missouri on this topic and that, that you know, really our team, if I can toot our own horn, uh, is really leading the charge on all of this, uh, not just in St. Louis, not just in Kansas City, but in um you know, within the rural electric cooperative areas, you know, we're doing this work in Columbia, we're doing this work in Springfield. So we're trying to do this everywhere. So yeah, stay tuned for more excitement. Um, So that is, uh, I think that we'll put uh, this uh, podcast to a wrap. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on any major uh, uh, podcast platform write a review, share this on your social media platform. And on behalf of Tori, Andrew, Philip, I'm James Owen with Renew Missouri. And I just want to say until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.